0: Welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, where we explore the detail of what it really takes to achieve great success in the business of property developments and investments. Now, let's get into this week's episode. And a very warm welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast. Nigel Green here from the ECHO Academy, and I'm absolutely delighted today to have with me Ryan Gallas. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Nigel. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honour.
0: You are very, very welcome, sir. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought probably just for the the benefit of the listeners, maybe if you could just maybe introduce yourself and a bit of background, that would be that'd be great.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, my name is um, Ryan Glatchy. I am the Manager, Director and Founder of um, Gallicom. So, we have a few companies within our group. We have a uh, managing agent and we focus primarily on managing um, HMOs for our clients. So probably about 85 to 90% of all of our units under management are HMOs. And then we also do developments as well. So started off doing sort of small, you know, by- let- terraced houses, um, moved on to HMOs. And now, um, as of late, we've been working on doing commercial to resi developments. Um, so I started my business in right at the end of 2019. I think mm-hmm. during COVID, there were two types of, um, business founders, they were the smart ones who sort of had quite a lot of time to themselves and were still getting paid, so decided to take the opportunity to start a start a business. I was one of the idiots who quit my job before COVID ever, ever hit, so didn't have any income and had to sort of make it work during that first year, which was a bit tough, but um, from then it sort of come on leaps and bounds, and uh, here we are today um, with, uh, with, the, with the various businesses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a brief introduction. And uh, recently into uh, business acquisition as well, which is uh, really
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. We uh, we made our first acquisition earlier this year. I think it was right at the end of February. So we essentially purchased another letting agency um, within the north of England. Uh, Actually, we're based in Greater Manchester. We just bought it onto our existing corporation, So um, it was. For the most part, a relatively smooth transition, but there were quite a lot, well a huge amount of learning actually um, throughout that process. But overall, I said it was a really good experience, and I'm certainly glad I did it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and probably very complimentary to your your property portfolio as well, and the management of, and you know, you know, just acquiring businesses with all that wealth and knowledge that you're acquiring, you know, and the history and all the tickets and all that. Uh, accreditation, et cetera, and just bolting that in. It's uh, it's a very complementary strategy for, for sure.
1: Well, see, I mean, as you know, it's starting a business is very, very difficult. And the first few years are probably the most difficult during the business's lifetime. I think it's like, I think I read 20% of businesses fail within the first year. And after three years, it's, it's around 60%. So, you know, if you can skip that, that sort of highest risk section of the of the cycle and there's a lot of benefits to doing that and obviously you pay for it yeah but i think you know that that's okay because typically you know you have to pay to acquire customers anyway whether it's in your time or marketing or whatever so
0: absolutely yeah very very much so 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 what made you choose property as your your primary vehicle for wealth and success
1: so there's a few reasons, I think. Um, I've always thought of it as you know, it's my favorite asset class, right? So it's an asset class where you benefit from capital gains. Uh, it's a real asset. I like the fact that you can touch it. You know, you can see it it's bricks and mortar, mm-hmm. right? You also get the recurring um, rental income from it. You can leverage against it. And then probably one of the things I like most about it is, particularly when you do a new development, you know, you're taking a home which was otherwise unused and uninhabitable. You're turning it into, you know, a really nice living space. And as, you know, as you know, there's a great demand and need for housing in this country. So I think to be able to contribute that is also quite a nice thing to do as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And property just gives, doesn't it? It gives in so many ways. It's um yeah, you know, it, it turns it turns basically old stock into, you know, beautiful quality homes for people, uh, mm-hmm. people that may not have a home, you know, but it, it, it provides that function in society, but also generates cash flow and obviously long-term equity as well in due course. So it becomes yeah. almost like a multi-generational pension plan off to the next yeah. generation and so on and so forth. So it just just gives in many, many ways, which is just fantastic. But um, yeah, I was, I was wondering, maybe you could tell us uh, some of the key milestones um, and achievements in your property journey well.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So I purchased my first buy-to-let, it was in 2020, sort of like May, so right in the middle of COVID, Um, and that was just a two-up, two-down buy-to-let in a terrace row, and I did a lot of the work myself. So aside from like the electrics and plumbing, I was there every day throughout the summer for for about five or six months just doing most of the work myself. Although I wouldn't probably do that again now because – First, it took a lot longer than it should have, and the quality probably isn't as good as a professional, but I learned a great deal from that. And I think that period of time was where I sort of, I felt like I kind of learned my stripes, and I really learned a lot about just the structure of a building. Uh, so that was a really valuable experience. And then that, during that same year, I kind of I decided that my strategy was going to be HMOs, and I realized how critical it was to um, have a good managing agent. And there wasn't a great deal of specialists. There was, you know, it's normal agencies who sort of did HMO management on the side. But I think, and I, well, I know now for sure, that it's a different animal altogether. It's a different beast. You really have to be a specialist and have your systems and processes set up. Um, so one piece of advice i give anybody is if you're going to do HMOs, you need to get a HMO specialist manager uh, rather than somebody who's, who just does it as an add-on to their uh, normal business um so yeah i started the agency and had zero customers for the first 12 months um so it was a slow start but then in the first sorry in the second year we started to get, get a bit of traction and we got a portfolio landlord and sort of added that to the management site as well so we next went on to doing um hmos so we've done quite a few of them and also have managed the builds of hmos for other landlords um that we know and work with um and then, yeah, as you said earlier this year, we bought another business, so we added that on and kind of doubled in size overnight. So now we're up to uh, just over two hundred units under management. Uh, we're managing just just shy of a hundred thousand pounds in rent every month that we're collecting on behalf of sort of ourselves and our landlords. And then, yeah, we've got the the portfolio um, which we're just growing each year. And as I said, just just finishing up a project, um, as a commercial to Resi, so it was an office which would turn into six apartments, and that was really exciting. That was the first time having done that, so I certainly look at doing that um, yeah. some more in the future.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, fantastic. And you know, some of the takeaways from that part are, I think, just just engaging on, you know, doing a lot of the work yourself. Um, I mean, it's it's know thy capability, of course, but but I think you're right. I think some of the specialist stuff, the cabling and the gas, and I mean, what have you, maybe leave that to the specialist, unless, of course, you are competent in that, that trade. Yeah. But, but, you know, you can get stuck in, can't you? And the learning piece, I think, is hugely valuable because when it comes to the next one or the next one or just general life, you can talk with confidence that you've actually, you understand what you're talking about because you've done it, you know, that sort yeah.
1: of thing. That's it. Sometimes I say to myself, that I, cause I, cause I was had I had a great job in London as sort of earning six figures. I just quit one day. I just sort of quit. Yeah to start my business and i always thought should i have kept doing that a bit longer and used that money to invest in property and maybe i would have grown it faster but on the other hand i wouldn't have had an agency and i wouldn't have had the opportunity to just probably take the summer out and put five months out and spend every day on this site yeah. um and, and, and learn so
0: absolutely and you you were putting the effort in so therefore saving the cost and that was almost the yeah. end
1: isn't yes. So- yes. sweat equity
0: isn't it yeah which so very much so but really good <clears throat> really good um i was just just thought maybe um you know acknowledging that things don't always go to plan and uh, i just wondered if you can may- maybe take us through something that you've encountered possibly unexpectedly <clears throat> how you overcame that challenge
1: yeah i think um yeah as you know business is full of challenges right um and particularly, I know with the agency, I've sort of just accepted the fact that running an agency is just your job is to solve people's problems and challenges, right? But some some that stand out for me is on my first ever HMO, it turned out to be a seven bed um up here in Bolton. And we the plan was to hire sort of a general builder to do the, the vast majority of the work and I would manage them. Um, and I hired a builder, made a lot of mistakes in hiring that person, didn't vet them properly, uh, kind of rushed it. Um, took the person who's available, you know, next week, which is never a good sign. And it was just a nightmare. Like, they didn't show up. The way they did do was really shoddy, um, unsafe, you know, various things, lots, lots of red flags. So eventually I said to them, like, look, this isn't going to work. Um, I can't, can't operate like this. And I ended up sort of project managing that build myself. Um, but I think that taught me a lot about, you know, you've got to really vet people within this industry because there are a lot, there are a lot of cowboys out here. All the time stories about people getting, you know, screwed over and money stolen and terrible works, those kind of things. So that's, I think, a challenge within our industry. Yeah. And then <clears throat> what I would say is just always expect things to take longer than you think. Like everything, whatever you think, probably double it because it's particularly in this industry, it takes a very long time. Mm. And then, you know, I made some mistakes on projecting costs when I was sort of a bit more, you know, new to it like interest rate uh interest costs and things like that and cost of works and all these other unexpected costs particularly in HMOs, there are a lot of things people don't consider like okay well you've got to furnish it at the end that's going to cost you you know maybe six seven grand so just things like that just consider which you get you, you get with experience right but mm-hmm. those are challenges
0: I was just going to say there that you know that that was a that was a toughie wasn't it but the learning is phenomenal um you kind yeah. of it's difficult to learn that out of books, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes you've got to have the sweat and the, the tears to to move on strongly and more effectively, you know, into the future. But yeah, it's, it's interesting, and you know, utilizing um, you know contractors. Um, you no, know, it it is a it is an interesting art. Um, yeah, if you can get recommendations, that's not the total uh, scenario, but you know, you're halfway there. I think with that. But Absolutely. you know, be very, very clear with the the scope of work. You know, yeah. writing down the specifics of what you want from that party and get them to price accordingly, and get a couple of quotes yes. in, and so on and so forth, and and implement yeah. and manage. And there will be bumps in the road, and just be prepared for it. And you're right. You know, it it for whatever reason, they can take longer and they can cost more. So it's just making sure you've got that kind of built into you your numbers and your timescales but uh, great learning nonetheless isn't it these these little experiences absolutely.
1: absolutely yeah i mean i think most people learn by doing right so sometimes you have got to do it and okay. learn as you go a bit you know
0: yeah totally agree
1: so what lessons have you learned along the way so i think one thing which i would tell anybody starting out <clears throat> particularly if you're trying to grow a business with you know you're starting off you may not have any revenue um, so you want to keep your overheads and expenses as low as you can. For example, I remember signing up to a piece of uh, property analysis software when I was first started. Kind of costly; like, it cost like 150 pounds, which, you know, at that time was 150 pounds more re- than the revenue I was making. So tr- try and keep your overheads low. I think if you're working at the same time as building a property portfolio, then maybe that's not quite as critical because maybe actually it may make sense for you to hire a VA or somebody who can take on some of those administrative tasks, which will then save you time. But, you know, as a, as a general, we'll try and keep them low. Um, well, just going back to the last um, question, just always factor in things will cost more and take longer than you think. You know, Don't go into things with rose-tinted glasses hoping for the best. You've got to plan for the worst and hope for the best. Um, if that makes sense and then one thing that's really helped me throughout my sort of journey has been seeking out mentorship right so obviously i've worked with you guys um and various other mentors as well throughout my time and it's always been really valuable um you know it can be you know i, I think a good a good point is just with 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 equa um there was one thing last year and it was it's it just a small thing that saved me thousands of pounds it probably saved me the amount of money i spent on the mentorship and that was just one thing and that's not including all the other things i learned right um so i think what you want to do is firstly figure out what you want so for example if you want to do commercial developments um and you've never done it before then go and find somebody who has done that who has done what you want to do um and speak to them and, and, and learn from them because they will have made mistakes which you you will probably make too if you don't learn from that mistakes first you know
0: yeah, very much so i mean that there, there is that rootmanship and mastermind and- and even just networking you know to to connect with people that um are are doing it because i i i don't know your experience but a lot of people say they're doing stuff but actually aren't doing anything <laughs> so yeah you kind of have to find find the uh, you, know, you know the the truth out there i suppose and even go and visit one of the sites you know as a, yeah. and have a coffee with them and these sort of things so it's really important to do that uh,
1: yeah i think the the good thing about one of the good things about our industry is that people are quite generous with their knowledge because it's you know i used to work in football um and that's obviously a highly competitive industry right because there's literally league tables which compare the performance of all of the competitors whereas when in, in property there's yeah there's enough to go around so i don't think people are that worried about sharing things they have learned with others uh, yeah. so that, that is one benefit
0: yeah that's really good thank you for that
1: so what's your plans for the future yeah, I think for the um rest of this year we're gonna sort of consolidate our position um where we are and, and sort of just keep growing organically. Um the agency, as I was saying to you before, we we start recording, the agency's growing really nicely now, it's growing organically. We're getting a lot of um word of mouth referrals, which is my sort I always find it quite annoying when somebody mm. trusts you enough to recommend them, recommend you to their friends. Um, so keep growing organically, and I would like to look at doing another acquisition next year at some point. Um, and then on the investment side, keep you know, um, hopefully, do start doing another couple of commercial to resi developments, hoping to have two going through conveyancing by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll see what, what 2024 brings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe this time next year, we'll have another podcast and we'll see how you're getting on because you've done some phenomenal things over the last 12 months and, you know, all credit to yeah. you to be honest. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, i I mean the, um, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I was quite humbled actually, cause Mark asked me to, uh, to write a chapter in a, in a book. Uh, the book was entitled advice to Your younger self. And, um, it, you know, it was, it was quite an, something I'd never done really before. Um, and it kind of pushed me out of yeah. my comfort zone, but what it did do, it, it, made me think about what i'd done in my life um kind of just segment it down into the components all the way through not starting from nappies or anything but you know what i mean taking it through the meaningful years and you know given that time again and all the lessons i'd learned what what message i would give to my my younger self um to kind of you know propel me or prepare me in a very different way to where I am today, and and it was it was quite an eye opener, and uh, just the process <laughs> enabled me to, uh, you know, connect with my my next generation. I got them to proofread it, and they went, "Oh, I didn't realise you did that, Dad," and "Oh, I didn't realise you did this," but they they completely pulled me apart on my grammar, I have to say. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. But I, I, I maybe turn that to you. You know, maybe if if you could give your younger self you know one or a couple of pieces of advice what that would that would be
1: so i think one thing i did do was which was good was that the the mentorship thing i think i would certainly advise anybody starting out um to to seek mentorship but um some things that i regret but some things i would do differently if i you know rewound 10 years would be i would get started earlier i think particularly with property that the sort of compounding effect is really you know it's one of those things, Property was very, very useful and can build wealth um, very well. So I'd certainly get started younger. Um, and the other thing I would probably reconsider would be maybe not just quitting my job. When I did, I think I expected within the first year to have sort of enough cash flow from investment properties to sort of pay myself a, a salary. And that wasn't the case. It takes, as I said, you know, it takes longer. So it's useful to have it cash flow strategy as well as your investment strategy I think of the investment strategy sort of a long-term play then you still need to pay for your living cost right so you need something that that can do that for me now it's the agency but yeah. back when i started out it, it, i could have probably kept working a little longer
0: yeah life tough doesn't it <clears throat> during those yeah. those years and um and if it's tough you have to be really careful it, it, it the urgency doesn't come into your decision making and you kind of make the wrong decisions as well potentially so yeah i i, I agree I, I totally agree um you know this is not about stopping and starting you could certainly do that maybe if you would if there was a, a situation where you prepared for it and stacked mm-hmm. saved money you know in anticipation and had enough cash maybe for a year or two years that's probably a different mm-hmm. Sorry, but I, I totally agree um nine times out of, out of ten that that's not possible and you know so just to have the transition probably is a very wise very wise move
1: yeah and your cash flow strategy can be your job right it's there's nothing wrong with that being your cash flow strategy what should work on your investment
0: absolutely right yeah very much so yeah that that was brilliant thank you so lots of wise words there and uh, you know from an individual that's achieved so much in Actually quite a short period of time. <laughs> so, well done. Well done for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um h- how can people follow you or maybe get in touch uh to have a chat?
1: Yeah, so um on Instagram our our handle is galacom.property Uh that's probably the best way to get in touch with us.
0: That's fantastic. Well, Ryan, look, it's um <clears throat> it's been a, it's been a super podcast and thank you for being so open and providing all those nuggets of sound advice for the listeners. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. So you've been listening to uh, Nigel Green and Ryan uh, from the Property Developers and Investors podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you would like more inspiration, why not join our Facebook group, property developers and investors, or visit our website
1: www.equacademy.co.uk.